Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on the Small Call Articles, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osher. All right, welcome back. We are into our Bible study portion for the small called, small called, small called, small called, small called articles. <laughs> we should, yeah, well, small called. we'll roll with it. Just yeah. schmalls. Schmalls. <laughs> You're killing me, schmalls. It, it, it is, uh, it's time for you to be white, awkward, and a little bit Mormon, Brett. Just go small I, I've, I haven't changed from being that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not like, not to the level Adam is. Uh, yeah, so... Today we are are hanging out in Job 38. This is our first time being in Job on the that Being Lutheran me. podcast. Yeah. How many times we've talked about the resurrection that we've never done Job 19? At least yep. now we know where we're going next. Yeah, on that stick one. that in uh, our pocket for that. Yep. But yeah, this is the book of Job. No. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think Brett should read something. Uh, yeah. So we're going to read Job 38, 1 through 5. And really, we're referring to this whole section in Job uh, at the end of the book there. Uh, but I'll just read the first five verses of chapter 38, and uh, we'll go from there. So it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? All right, here ends the reading of of this portion. Amen. I've preached on this section in Job several times. Really? Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Partly because I just love it so much. But this section opens up with God stooping out of a whirlwind, bending down, looking Job in the face. And the first words that come out of his mouth are, put your man pants on. (laughs) We need to talk. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) At that point, not not even after the three lecture, the three chapters worth of lecture God gives them coming up at that point in time, how big do you think Job felt? Like, (laughs) well, he he says at the end, right? I I cover my mouth and repent and dust and ash. I've spoken where I shouldn't have. Yeah. I I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. (laughs) That's kind of what it is. And then, you know, he, he repents and, it remains a, a testimony of the faith, you know, and, and humility actually in it too. So it, it appears that I have misspoken. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So the, the reason why we go here is because Luther immediately ties the Trinity to creation in article one, part one, article one of the small called articles. Yeah. And this brings creation back to the doctrine of the Trinity for us in scripture, because the punchline here is that the evidence of God's majesty is creation. 
And so on the one hand, you have probing the mysteries of the Trinity, which many have done and many have failed. Or you can say God is three gods in one person and one person in three gods. And the evidence for who God is and why he's awesome is that the created world lives around us and we can't give him an answer for even one part of creation. And yet we presume to make God answer to us when our lives are slightly inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting to me that uh, the, the whole argument of uh, of Job, uh, he, he's making an argument or, or more so he's questioning God. Yep. He's asking the why. He had, and, and I think most of our listeners probably will know the story of Job, but you know, he went through this uh, horrible time where he lost his, his livelihood. He lost his children. No. Um, and, his wife survived only to mock him. And then his friends came and, you know, started good and then just tanked. Then started you know, talking. Just started talking and <laughs> saying, hey, listen, well, you, you had to screwed up somewhere. Tell us where you sinned. Tell, yeah. Confess it. You know, confess it. Name it. And you will be, you know, that sort of thing. And and then his whole response is, guys, shut up. I, he doesn't say that. I <laughs> well, mean, basically, it, I mean. That's it, Job, like, set, no. <laughs> yeah. This is Seven, Luther's yeah. version, his, his paraphrased version <laughs> of Job, right? But yeah, guys, just, you know, no. And then he said, but God, why? Where, where are you at, man? We, we suffer. Who, who, I, it'd be better if I didn't live. It'd be better if I'd never been born or seen the light well, of day. And, and it'd be better if my mom miscarried. Why, why am I going through all these things? And the funny thing is, is all of that, that's the whole argument. And you're, you're it's kind of gearing up toward answering that age-old question of why does God permit evil in a world that he is, is sovereign over? And you get to the end of the, you think you're going to get an answer, and you do, but the answer isn't what you know, when he says why, he didn't hmm. say the what, he mm-hmm. says the who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the answer in the, that we start with in chapter 38. Yeah. It's the chapter, and then, and then God goes on this whole uh, declaration of this is who I am. I hold the waters in my hands. I set the stars, hang them in place. If, if I do that, I think the why is not going to be such a big question to you. If you understand the who, the why is not important anymore. Well, and, and it's kind of interesting how that changed. And, and, it, and that's the right answer, I think, when we're making an apologetic argument for the problem of evil. Yeah, one the of them is, is that we don't get the answer of why. I don't get all the details. I know the who. And then we can jump into the future, too, of the who coming down and suffering himself so mm-hmm. that we could have eternal life. Uh, but in this, he says, this is who I am. I'm the God of the universe. You are, you are not, you're, you're not even an atom or a speck in, the, in what I have done. And... I love you. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I've stooped to you. Yeah. Here and I pray am. for your friends and I'll redeem them too. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's, so yeah, not to make light of Job's situation when our lives have been slightly inconvenienced. I'm obviously not talking about a man who had 10 children die and lost his entire livelihood and spent time wallowing in squalor with open sores and stuff. That's not the point. It's that when we're slightly inconvenienced, we whine in the same way Job does. The substance of Job's argument is that God somehow overlooked something. Really, when you think about it, the substance of Job's argument is that at lunch, some of the jam from God's peanut butter and jam sandwich spilled out onto Job's purchase order, and it got stuck to the back of someone else's TPS report. <laughs> okay? And so Job's That's like, oddly specific. Yeah, but, but Job's I got like, the reference. Yeah, Job's like sitting there like, oh, if God would just show up, he'd clear all this up. This is clearly some sort of cosmic mistake. It's like, I know it's not God's fault, but like Michael or, or Raphael, or or Donatello Maroni. Uh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Sorry, Donatello. Yeah, it's going a different. Yeah. Uh, Krang. Someone. Yeah. 
misshuffled the papers and I was going, we were all smooth sailing and then God just forgot about me, right? You know, it, it, that's the substance of Job's argument. And God shows up and let, let's pause. Look around you. I did all of this. Do you not think I don't know what I'm doing? I mean, it's just like, are you really going to the road where you would question my wisdom? And, and the other thing is that God's wisdom mm-hmm. is expressed in ordered creation. You know, hmm. the, the hmm. boundary, you go, if you read 38, 39, and 40 of Job, it, it's marvelous. It's magnificent. Yeah. All yeah. the various realms of creation that yeah. God delves. So that I know what I'm doing. It's under control. You know that Leviathan over thing, thing yeah. over there? That is like my pet. It, it's it's better than a National yeah. Geographic yeah, it's, uh, episode or whatever. Yeah, It's absolutely tremendous. Mm-hmm. And then here we are as theologians probing the mysteries of God, looking for the purpose in our suffering, where God all along wants us to look for the presence in his suffering. Mm-hmm. And as the his... who versus the... Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. As his evidence is like creation and Jesus... It's first creation here in the Old Testament, and then God in creation redeeming us. Mm -hmm. And it's really that simple when it comes to both the majesty of God and the existence of humans. Yeah, it's the... I, I know I'm not supposed to say the American Christian Church, right? No, Wade uh, will punch what, you in the face. Yeah. I don't care what Wade thinks. Oh. <laughs> Wait, Brian, you got to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> please, please don't let anybody know I said that. No, the, um, the, we, we are very self-absorbed. And I think that the American church and myself included, honestly, cause we all get sucked into this to some degree, right? Yeah, yeah. We want, we want the, we want to find the purpose, how it relates to me, 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 me. This, this passage is like, no, shut up, put your man pants on. I love that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and go, you know, th- this is, this is who it's about. It's really about him and the majesty. Uh, what was the phrase? And oh, we used it last week when we read the first article, um, you know, the, the, the inspiring wa- articles of yeah. divine majesty. Yes, yeah. Yes. The awe-inspiring articles of divine majesty. We say Luther's exaggerating. Well, he's not, ex- no, I mean, he's, a lot. he's understating, he's like understating actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, that's who, that's who this is about. And God wants us to understand this about him. He gives gives us that he gives us creation not to terrify us who are in him right that that should it should give us concern Th- this guy who can create all this I, I need to be right with him there is a law aspect to this but the gospel aspect to this is that one who created all of this i can trust him because yeah. he's got this figure i don't need to know the purpose for my life as long as he does as long as he knows and as long as he's with me i'm good i'm fine with that the the glory of god is underplayed in our theology. And I think that um, it's, it's almost, it goes without saying, you know, almost like Luther's statement, you know, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit exist one and, you know, three persons. And, and, and he says, but everybody agrees on this. And, and we forget, what, what does that mean? We have this awe-inspiring, a creator, God, who knows us. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's any number of ways we can go that, that my mind is racing. But, but first, when we think about creation and looking at creation, it's really, you make an argument here that Luther establishes the existence of science on the Trinity. Because the, the whole 
endeavor of science is to learn as much about creation as possible. And as we learn about the created world, the ordered world that God made, we learn a little bit about who God is and a lot about what he does for us. You know, you know, anyone who studies human anatomy, and, and especially now that intelligent design has stepped in and the, the miraculous, you know, the, all the various magic amino acids that we need just to function in one cell and then all the millions and billions of cells in our body and how God has just made that so unbelievably precise, you realize when, when God says, I formed you, you know, or when David confesses, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, yeah. You really are fearfully and wonderfully made because if you start to ponder your existence and all of the various functions that God has given you that we take for granted, like we literally forget to breathe. So God made it, our, our bodies just breathe automatically. You know? <laughs> yeah. How many times do you think each day to inhale and exhale where the other times it just happens, right? All this is going on because God created us to be that way, you know, or the various things around us. And, and so we do that and we step into a reality of God revealing himself to us, mm-hmm. you know? And in this too, in this section, so we're not just looking at the verses Brett read, but, you know, the entire, you know, 38, 39, you know, the first yeah. part of yep. 40 yep. and into 42, you know, into into 40 as well. You see God talking about the the vastness of the universe, and and also you see the the minuscule nature of of like the 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 micro parts as well of the universe and to to the tune of you know the stars hanging in place and we we were uh, you know just hearing somebody talk about creation recently and they were talking about the number of stars per galaxy and the number of galaxies in the known universe. And just the absurdity of that number of stars alone, which are far more massive than anything we got going on here on Earth, you know, and here in this one little tiny speck. But then you back that out and you look at the atoms that make up all of those various different things. The yeah, What is it in, in the sun? Hydrogen, helium, largely. You know, there's a lot of, of that gas, right? So, you, you know, the, the number of, you know, uh, protons and neutrons and electrons in every atom of every aspect of every, you know, helium or hydrogen, whatever aspect of the sun. You have the, the glory of God from start to finish, you know, from the, the most minuscule part to the largest part. And he kind of goes through this in that uh, in this this passage, I think it's interesting though when I say all that, uh, when we're looking at God's God's grandeur, His glory. When you said something, and this is what made me think of this, Jason. You said, you know, God's the God of science. Luther establishes Him as the God of science, mm-hmm. and and I love that you say that because. Yeah. Uh, God is, he, he is not, uh, as much as he is a mystery, he, he does not leave us in, in the mystical, you know, no. he is very much a, a very concrete God who wants us to observe all of this vastness. And he says, you know, yeah, when I, when I throw this, my, I'll, I'll throw something at Jason, it's going to, you know, go that direction and then fall <laughs> to the ground because that exists, right? It called something called gravity. And he, and he set up all of these things. And so when people argue that God is a God of the gaps and we just need him to, you know, as a fairy tale to fill in the things we don't know. No, we fill in the things that we do know. He's there. He's in all of this. He holds all things yeah. together. Yep. That's what the text says, that he is the one in whom, and, and talk about the Trinity, when we get into Paul talking about that, it's Christ. Christ is the one through whom and for whom all things exist. 
and it's all held together in him. He yep. is the God of everything we know, not just the mysteries, not just the mystical. He is the God of the very concrete. Look at that. Have you right. watched the deer give birth? He asks, <laughs> right? And I have not. <laughs> I, have, I have watched a giraffe one time with my kids. That was fascinating. Ooh. A lot of conversations came from that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a fascinating thing that God has created all these processes. Yep. He said, I'm the God of the, the real and what you see here, right. Job. And so like... You know, coming to hear what what is said in these chapters, it's you know God's call for him to dress like a man. You know, gird up your loins, and uh, it, it's um, yeah, it's it's going on with God on this this trip uh, to see and observe and see and and uh, come to grasp all that. Uh, yeah, God at work in creation. Well, and what's interesting about the progression of the Catechism and then the progression of the Augsburg Confession and all the progression of small called is that we never stop at the Trinity. Because what we find out as sinners is God's, just, just like Job finds out here, God's majesty is not good news for us. Now, on the one hand, God has given everything in creation for us. He's done it out of his benevolent goodness. You know, that's, you know, it's why Article 1 of creation is a part of the creed. It's still gospel. But God in his majesty for Job and for Isaiah, and for anyone else who met him face to face, God and his majesty is not good news for us unless we have the blood of Christ, unless we have God's grace and his mercy and his redemption. So God stoops down to talk to Job, and then Job doesn't know it's going to be good news. He's like, Job knows I screwed up, and God applies the law for him. And at the end, God says, repent, make an offering, and I'll save you and your friends. And that, the, <laughs> that's a simplistic. It is exactly what happened. Yeah. It's just yeah. funny yeah. when you say it like that. Right. So we jump from here to the next article, you know, a couple of weeks that we're going to, yeah. is that we, the, 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 the ministry of the son, that the father is begotten of no one. The son is begotten of the father. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the father and son, right? And so we're getting into the ministry of God in creation. And we have to recognize that because uh, the interesting thing you said, I've been pondering it, Adam, since you said it, is that our theology in America doesn't have enough glory. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you're right, but only with the caveat that the glory we do have is not in the proper place. And so that in, in, in the generic American church, and I'm just done apologizing to Wade for that because we're right, gosh darn it. Mm. The generic American church, the whole idea is lifting ourselves up to experience God's glory. And then God here and God in Isaiah says, no, you can't handle that. Back off, you know, mm. is what he says, until he redeems us. You know, so so the the message of God's glory is that He condescends to us, not that we, out of sincerity or experience piety. or piety mm -hmm. or desire, lift ourselves up to Him. Mm -hmm. God comes to us, even in His sin. God came to Job. Job clamored and clamored and clamored and clamored and clamored for a hearing with God. Job couldn't get himself before God. God comes to Job of His own volition. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good reminder. It's a good. Uh, that's a good gospel reminder. Yeah, once again, because we're trying to do that, I I need to attain to the yeah. acceptance of the glory of God and and really 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 now commit to getting down to believing that He is as glorious as He is. It's like no, I'm here. 
I'm here. By the way, I made this. <laughs> yeah. I store the I store the snow over here. I, I form the dew droplets. Uh, all of the yeah. <laughs> he goes into all of these details. Yeah. Well, right? And and then, then again. To, to put a gospel exclamation point yeah. on it, God, I am the control of all creation, and so I'm going to put my body and blood in created elements. I'm going to put my body and blood in things that I created. That's mind-boggling. But if the heavens declare the glory of God, then we should not be surprised that God continues to reveal himself to us in created things. Mm-hmm. That for us to know God, he puts on human flesh. For us to know forgiveness, we receive the body and blood of Christ. You know, it's, it, it, God, the doctrine of the Trinity should obliterate mysticism, not enhance it. Hmm. Mm. It's a good word. Yeah. Well, should we end at that spot? Any other closing thoughts here? Uh, we wrap up the Old Testament Bible study today. I think we've talked about as much of the Trinity as you possibly can talk about. We've got it figured <laughs> yeah. out so thoroughly. Nothing uh, else. Yeah, have, right. Yeah. We have left less mystery on the yeah. table than we started with, right? Yeah, we, yeah right. We, yeah. we left this systematic <laughs> theology in a better place. We're just good campers. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. All right, Smokey the Bear. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. You are invited to the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary on March 13th and 14th as we hear from best-selling author Nancy Piercy. Professor Piercy will share insights from her books on gender and sexuality, demonstrating how a biblical worldview is the solution to the challenges facing society and the church today. Register for the live stream or reserve a seat at flbc.edu events. God bless you and have a great week.